1: Afternoons with Rob Brinkenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We are uh, continuing to engage with uh, various sectors, industries and organizations who are facing disruptions because of COVID-19. Uh, the CFL has approached us about support. Uh, we know it's important to them. We know it's important to many Canadians and those discussions are ongoing. Okay, so the prime minister noncommittal, but potentially the door is open there to some financial support for the CFL. And The CFL has made now a formal ask of the federal government for up to one hundred fifty million dollars in assistance. And and that amount would depend, obviously, on what the CFL is able to do. That one hundred fifty million dollars would represent um, a cancellation of the season, basically. So the CFL is up against it, right? I mean, obviously, uh, their season would be starting very quickly here, and they've got some decisions to make. It's hard to know what the future holds, uh, but the CFL is very much a a gate-driven league. So even if pro sports are in a position in a month or two or three or four uh, that they can start having events, but without fans, is that something that the CFL can even do? And of course, there's a whole situation with uh, the bulk of of players and staff, coaching staff, being in the United States right now. Getting them back here, having them go through isolation, there's a lot of logistical challenges the CFL is facing. And I think everyone's well aware of that. This is not a big league on the scale of the NHL, or certainly not the NFL, but it is still professional sports we're talking about here. And so, uh, is this kind of a crisis justified direct government support to um, professional sports, you know, one that's obviously got a long history in Canada but is still pro sports nonetheless. Well, Scott Stinson, uh, national sports columnist with Post Media, has been following this today and uh, joins us on the line here. Scott, thanks so much for making some time for us. Welcome to the program.
0: Thanks for having me on,
1: Rob. So I, I think everyone knew that, I mean, obviously the CFL is probably less equipped than some of their bigger pro sports cousins to, to weather this storm, but were you surprised by this, this request?
0: Um, I guess I would say I wasn't surprised that it has come to this. Um, the timing is a little surprising, and I, and I think maybe it's a result of I haven't talked to anybody in the CFL today, but I you know they have their draft tomorrow night, um, so it's possible that they sort of realized this is going to be a, a tentpole event in their calendar, and it was going to get a lot of attention and a lot of questions about well, what exactly are you planning to do, and and can you survive without? much of a season and so on and so forth. So they're getting out ahead of that a little by at least pointing it out that um, they have these serious financial concerns and and they are asking for tens of millions of dollars now and then maybe a lot more than that if they end up not having a season in 2020. So I, I'm not surprised it was just a couple of weeks ago that I, that I wrote about, you touched on this a little in your opening, about how they can't afford to have a season without – fans in the stands it just doesn't make sense for them financially they get judging by the the financials that are out there about half the revenue from ticket sales and so and and these are teams that make a modest profit even with all that money coming in from mm-hmm. ticket sales so it just doesn't make sense that they'd be able to to operate without fans and, and I mean it sure seems like sitting here today at the end of April like if they were to have any games at all, they would have to have no fans. So um, it doesn't surprise me that ultimately this is what they're doing, is saying we need to get a handout somewhere to, to keep us afloat. Um, it just came maybe a little bit sooner than I might have expected.
1: Yeah. So when we look at these numbers, $30 million is what they'd be looking for initially and, and up to $120 mm-hmm. million on top of that. So, yeah. it, I mean, is that a number that's meant to represent lost ticket revenue, lost concession revenue, or, or how are they coming up with those numbers? Do we know?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say we know exactly other than you can sort of try to do some back and napkin math. And and just to give one example, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the best-selling team in the league in terms of ticket sales, like total tickets sold, number of sellouts, all that business. Mm -hmm. And they reported in the last year that the numbers are available, uh, which was, I believe, the 2018 season, something like $17 million in ticket-related revenue. So. You know, if you if you kind of times that by figuring out the various factors, obviously a team like the Toronto Argonauts is making way less than that in ticket sales because they can't get half of the stadium full. But right. um, if you kind of play around with the numbers, I think what they're essentially doing is saying this is that's an amount of money that we would need to cover the fact that we wouldn't be making any revenue for more than a calendar year. And it would allow them to pay staff, pay presumably the player something um, and, and kind of cover enough operational expenses that they'd be able to come back in a, a year from now or half a year from now, or if you want to look at it and have a new season where they were still afloat. I It is a number that kind of leaps off the page because you go $150 million. Like, you could buy several CFL franchises for that right. much money, I, I would imagine. Yeah. But, but it it does at least show you, it, I think it is based in an idea of what their normal revenues would be over the course of the season.
1: Okay. So, you know, and when it comes to pro sports, I mean, typically we, we think in terms, well, you know, it's millionaires who, who work for billionaires, but that that's certainly yeah. not the reality of, of the CFL. So how is, how is this different, do you think, maybe almost even in a political sense, uh, than, say, the NHL asking for a handout? Yeah. It's
0: definitely different. Um the problem that I think you get into with the CFL is that there is still a, a fairly significant uh difference between the operations of some teams and the operations of other teams in terms of who their owners are, where the money comes from. You have you have three teams that are publicly owned in Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. You have three teams that are owned by entrepreneurs who basically bought the team because They wanted to, and it's not really something that they rely upon to make money. I mean, they just kind of do it because they want to be CFL owners. And then you have three teams in Ottawa, uh, Toronto, and Calgary that are operated by big conglomerations that own a bunch of sports teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, you you can say, well, it's not like the NHL. Well, in two cases, it is the NHL. The, the ownership of the Calgary Flames, the ownership of the Toronto Maple Leafs, also well own the CFL team. So, right. you know, that would be a difficult sell politically. Any kind of handout it would presumably have to go to all teams equally. They wouldn't be giving mo- most of it to the publicly owned teams and only a little bit to the privately owned teams, I would think. But that's that's where you get into the problems of, of the optics and the sales job in terms of does the CFL, you know, does the Canadian government want to be involved in propping up these enterprises, that some of which don't necessarily need a lot of propping, and and that's where it gets tricky, and and I'm, I think that'll be the difficult part for all parties involved to navigate. I I wouldn't be surprised if there are elements of the Ottawa the government, of Ottawa, that want to be seen to be helping the CFL in this unprecedented time. I just wonder if it comes down to cutting a check to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, if too many people will be thrilled yeah. with that.
1: Well, it's true. You know and I mean? This thing I was reading an article recently. I mean, uh, you know, the concern in the UK that there's a lot of lower leaguer, uh, lower league football teams, uh, soccer teams that they might not survive this, that you might see teams folding. And I mean, it, it, this could become to some extent, maybe not for the league itself, maybe for some teams, a bit of an existential crisis. I mean, let's say worst case scenario, the CFL has to cancel the 2020 season. You uh-huh. know, would, would it be able to, to bounce back next year? Are, are there are the teams that could be on the brink potentially.
0: Yeah, I I think the big question for me is could they not operate for a season and I mean this is not I'm sure something the players want to hear, but essentially get out of paying their players for a season, um and then come back next season and, and as as ever much as it might hurt them financially, um there are certainly some teams you know especially the ones in the bigger markets that have problems with ticket sales anyway who might say well if we didn't have to if we just got to take this year off like that's a better scenario for us than trying to operate uh half a season where you're still paying the players a significant part of their salary and again you again you mentioned this in the opening it's totally different than operating a different sports league where you get a bunch of money from tv rates anyway i mean cfo does get some tv money but it's not nearly enough to make it worthwhile to to do it on just tv revenue alone so i i think there it's weird because it gets back to the thing about how different the arrangement is for certain teams could maple could the the Toronto Argonauts don't make any money anyway. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment could probably take it or leave it, whether or not they operate this season. So they'd be fine. But then there might be another team somewhere, whether it's a Winnipeg or a Edmonton. Like, uh, could they weather the storm financially without any revenue, even if they got out of paying their payroll for a significant chunk of the season? I don't know. And that's and that's a a question that you know obviously only they know in terms of how this stuff is going to work. So I I do honestly wonder whether the other solution would be try to just miss this year and come back with fuller stadiums and all that business in 2021, but I I, I you know obviously only they know the financials of their league closely enough to say whether that's even a viable solution.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, it goes beyond the CFL. I mean, there's the Canadian Premier League, the Substart Soccer League, and they're yep. facing uncertainty. You could argue mm-hmm. maybe Canada's MLS teams are kind of comparable at some level to, to CFL teams. So, you mm-hmm. know, there there's certainly smaller pro sports leagues, and, and especially those that are, you know, on the verge of having their seasons, that they're, they're in a similar situation. I guess if we're going to bail out the CFL, then, you know, it would have to go to, to, to other sports, presumably, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I think it all comes down to does the league have a television and broadcasting contract that is lucrative enough that it can, it can sort of cover their bills and, and keep in mind that an NHL or an NBA um, Mm -hmm. has already had most of their games played. I mean, three quarters of them, let's say, right? So they've made a bunch of revenue. They've had a bunch of games on TV. So, so their situation is different than a league like the CFL or even MLS or the CPL, that hasn't started yet. Like they don't have any other revenues, they haven't had a chance to earn anything yet. So, um, if all of a sudden the option for a Montreal Impact or a Vancouver Whitecaps is to be playing in front of empty stadiums, they they don't get the money from TSN and and broadcasters like that. That would justify them operating uh, without any ticket based revenue, and that would be a big problem for those teams. I think. I, I think it again. You get into the question of. Could they do it for a season? Would it be enough to, to completely plow them under? Um, again, it sort of depends on, on the pockets of ownership and whether there's enough there to, to see them through. But all these questions, you know, any sport effectively saying your best-case scenario is to, to have your players play but to not make any money through ticket sales is going to be a tough sell for for all kinds yeah. of sports all over the world. And, you know, you mentioned the smaller leagues in England – yeah, all kinds of little clubs like that where basically all they get is the 5,000 people that might come see them on a weekend game. So so those questions are going to be ones that it, it's very unusual to kind of have the idea of government's going to step in and bail out a professional sports team and or league. But I think those discussions are going to be happening in a lot of countries and in a lot of ways.
1: I think so. Well, you got a piece up on this uh, nationalpost.com. Uh, much more there. Scott, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, anytime, Rob. Stay
1: safe. All right, take care. You as well. Uh, Scott Stinson, national sports columnist for Post Media, uh, nationalpost.com. You can read his piece today uh, on the uh, CFL situation. And and look, I mean, yeah, the CFL's not, uh, you know, the big money bags uh, of the big four, right? I mean, the CFL has has certainly cemented its place, I think, on the Canadian sports scene. Uh, You know, they've got a few marquee players that that do well, but certainly there are no millionaires in the CFL. Uh, and the ownership structure does vary, right? You've got community-owned teams. Um, you've got, as, as Scott pointed out, where you've got you know bigger companies that do own multiple teams, like the ownership here in Calgary, uh, the, uh, the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation or Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. So that becomes a different situation too. But look, I mean, the, the community-owned teams they got to make their books public. So we got a pretty good idea of how much the league relies on gate revenue, ticket sales, parking, concessions, and it's half or more than half. So you, so you take all of that out of the equation and then you got to factor in the additional costs of whether it be testing or whatever you got to do uh, to try to keep players and officials and, and everybody involved in the game safe. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Could you execute a season? Without any fans in the stands, with the additional cost of, of trying to keep everybody safe. That's a big ask for a league like this. And so do you shut down for a season? Uh, and, and the other question, I guess, can and should the government step in and say, okay, you guys are going to lose this amount of revenue this year. We'll help you get through that. We'll write you a check. That'll make up for some of that lost revenue. And then hopefully next year it's business as usual. You know, and, and part of it is, you know, the attachment, the history, right? This, you know, is, is a Canadian tradition. Does that, does that elevate it, you know, in, in a political sense? You know, these are some big questions here. 403-974-8255. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.